Well, let's begin. We're in the middle of an interesting discussion, a subject that we've probably never discussed before. Um, and it has to do with the word keva. Keva means from the word kvias, or set thing. So the rule is like this, that produce... Good morning, Michael. Um, we're, we're just starting our discussion, and we're giving the introduction for today's daf. And uh, the first half a page has to do with the laws of trumas and maestris, uh, when you have to tithe. And the Torah, uh, the, the, the way the halachas work, are that when you're eating it in what's called a rye, like temporary or on one foot, it didn't yet reach a stage of keva, where uh, a set thing, where you have to tithe. In other words, um, and it's consistent, by the way, you know, when people pick, you're supposed to let them eat from the food they pick. How could they do that if they have to tithe? So the, the obligation to tithe only kicks in when the harvest is, and normally, when it's fully processed and brought in from the fields, and then at that stage, you would think about tithing. But if somebody eats pre-keva, before it's set, you don't have to tithe. And so, and, and tithing is a big deal. You've got the Kohen, you've got the Levi, some of it has to go to Yerushalayim, you know, it's like, uh, you got to, it, it's, and eating non-tithe produce is a big sin, so you really need to know when does it reach the stage where you have to tithe, and that word is called keva. When, it, what makes it keva? What makes it a set thing and you're obligated to tithe? And we've jumped into that world of those halachas, so the one, we've used two sets of words so far. One was gemar malachto, when it's fully processed. And uh, what's kind of tricky is uh, fully processed means like bringing it in, removing the husk. But on the other hand, if you, the purpose of bringing the fruits in is to dry them, so they're not fully processed until they're dried. It kind of depends on what your use for this item is, whether it's fully processed. Um, and that was part of our question when you went up to the attic or the roof or the what they called the muksa, which was our previous our mishnah, which is you went up to the storage room and and you said, well, even though these are drying and they're getting ready, I need these tomorrow, so I'm going to go take these too. So I'm going to take a pound of it down to eat. So at that point, we're saying that normally it would be keva and you'd have to tithe. So our mishnah deliberately picked a case of shvius where you wouldn't have to tithe, because it was looking to teach the laws where uh, the issue of yantav, not the issue of tithing. Okay, so that was, uh, that was the start of the conversation. The other interesting thing was that it could be that if you're using something for a Shabbos meal, that's not considered temporary or a snack. In other words, during the week, if you grab you grab a, you know, a husk or a piece of corn or something to chew on from the field, you go out to the field and grab something, that's considered temporary. But once it's for Shabbos, even for a Shabbos snack, we quoted a Pusik yesterday that eating for Shabbos, since it's a mitzvah, it's not insignificant. It's really a fascinating thing. When you think about during the week, you grab a candy bar or granola or whatever, you grab something, and it's nothing. It's just a snack. But on Shabbos, if you have a snack in honor of Shabbos, that's it. Your bank account up there gets full. It's a reward. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. You're calling it a Shabbos onig. 
you know, we joke, owning Shabbos, but it, it's a mitzvah. So there the, the seems to be that when you have something for Shabbos, it also will, it's considered significant. And once it's significant, then the Meiser rules kick in. So those are the two things that we've talked about so far. Uh, kicking in the laws of Meiser, Gemar Malacha and Shabbos. Uh, we also said uh, that in our case, where you actually pointed out and said, I'm going to take this food, so the act of saying, I'm going to take this, in effect is saying that it's done, it's ready. In other words, everything, everything else up in the, in the attic and is, that's drying out is not ready, didn't have a gemar malacha. But when once a person says, uh, we're going to start four lines from the bottom, Shani Hasam, it's different over here in our Mishnah, since you have said, I plan on eating this. So that's really, it's no, that's finished, it's done. So Kava Alayo, that makes it Kava, that makes it a set thing. Uh, it's no longer temporary. You have declared that this is going to be, this, as far as you're concerned, it's ready to go. So then the Gemara says, Ihachi, if that's true, that uh, um, my uh, that uh, the um, uh, once you pick it out, it's gonna you're gonna have to tithe. My area Shabbos. Why did we uh, pick a case of Shabbos? Uh, and that would if it wouldn't be Shvuas, if it wouldn't be Shvias, <laughs> excuse me, a sabbatical year. Um, we had a case where to teach you that the sabbatical year. Uh, would uh, make it better because then you don't have to worry about tithing. But if it wouldn't be sabbatical, one of the other six years, you would have to tithe. So, and the, the reason that we picked Shabbos was that uh, the fact that it was Shabbos would make you have to tithe it. But the way we're, lear- we're learning it, that even uh, it doesn't, that he actually points out the food and said, this piece is finished, I'm going to eat it tomorrow. So, even during the weekday, you'd have to tithe such food. So again, when you just grab a piece out in the field, that's not called keva. You wouldn't have to tithe. But in the case of our Mishnah, where you actually look at it and say, you're supper tomorrow, uh, you look at the fruit and you make that declaration. So uh, then uh, even if it's not Shabbos, Shabbos means it's an important meal, even if it's not a Shabbos meal, the fact that you've made this declaration should obligate you to tithe, would it not be a Shvius year? So then the question is, why did we pick Shabbos? So what was the reason that the Mishnah picked Shabbos? It could have been any time during the sabbatical year, and it's telling you that you don't have to tithe even though you picked it out. Because uh, it didn't have to be... Just take a look at our Mishnah uh, on the beginning of yesterday. It started on Lama Dalet. Uh, it's just uh, the Odom Omed Alamuksa, and what's the case? Erev Shabbos Bishvius. <laughs> Why did we pick such a funny case? It had to be Friday so that the food was for Shabbos, and it had to be the sabbatical year, and he had to say all the... Why, was it, why did we pick that case? So Gemara says, uh, It's coming to tell us just another halacha. They often like to teach uh, bundles. They bundle different halachas together. It's coming to teach you a different halacha. What's that? The tevel nuchun who ate so Shabbos. It's coming to tell you that untithed produce um, would not be considered muksa. Now, the question is, normally uh, untithed produce you can't eat. So what do you mean it's not considered muksa? It's coming to tell you, shim over if some reason somebody didn't realize it was Shabbos 
and went ahead and tithed it, Masukin, you could then eat it. That's like just a separate halacha. Okay, fine. That's, uh, that's the reason we picked the Shabbos case, that since it's Shviyas, uh, we were looking to, just to teach you the, this, uh, that since it's Shviyas, you're allowed to, uh, you don't have to worry about tithing, but a regular year you would. Uh, but even though you don't have to worry about tithing, you wouldn't have to worry about muksa. I wouldn't it be muksa because you can't eat it? No, if somebody tithed it by mistake, then you could eat it. Now let's get to the top of today's page. Finally. Okay. Vahalo most rochoser. So now the Umar has a different question. So again, what we wanted was a case that uh, you'd be obligated to tithe, where you reach keva. Keva means that you've hit a set thing that you're tithing. The, the Gemara's question is, uh, we have a rule that when the leftovers go back, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't reach keva. Keva means that there's no going back. It's like fully processed, ready to go. But if you're not using the whole thing, that makes it a little bit temporary. That makes it uh, arrive. Now, in this case, how can you say that, that you'd be obligated to tithe? Isn't the leftovers going back? Any time where the leftovers are going back, lo keva, it doesn't reach the stage of keva. Where does he say that? The Tanan. So uh, again, our case was that there was uh, uh, there would have been an obligated uh, an obligation to tithe, and it reached what was called keva. And our question is. According to the rule where the leftovers go back, it doesn't yet reach a stage of tithing. Over here, the leftovers would go back. Ditanan. Um, let's, uh, let's do the top Rashi just to give us a little background of this most rochoser thing. Rashi. How, are you, how could you say over here that it's called the set thing and you've got to tithe it? Because you've made a verbal declaration. Uh, even if you took a lot of untithed produce during the week, and you put it in front of you on the table, and it looks like you're having a big party and you're getting ready to eat. If there's a lot of leftovers and extra that'll go back, the first time you grab it, if some of it's going back, it doesn't get this thing of keva. The kosher came to be burras, and it's certainly when you didn't even take it, all you did was say, I plan on taking something, below maisa, low mikvah. So the Gemara is asking a technical question, why over here did it reach that stage of keva if we have a rule where you don't use it all, it doesn't get keva, over here where you just said, I'm going to take some tomorrow, it shouldn't get keva. That's the Gemara's question. Let's see where he said it. Two lines from that. Uh, if a person is taking olives, he likes olives, and he goes to the press, and he can grab an olive one at a time and dip it in salt. Um, he doesn't have to worry about tithing because he's just randomly grabbing one olive out of the press. Uh, the im tovol the nosan if he dips it and he, he has ten, so uh, then uh, uh, then then he's going to have to tithe it. Wait, so they're saying the press doesn't make it uh, the final product. Then after the press, it makes it the final. Yeah, product. but it's still in the press. He's grabbing it out of the machinery. <laughs> okay, but it, but it hasn't been processed. It's not 
it, it, is the point here that it's before the final? Yes. I see. Okay. Um, okay. There is Rashi says Matan Kli but it's a big vessel that you pile up the olives. Today she's hamamu, in order that the olives get hot, the vashu shamdan besochan and the oil inside them will uh, progress. And it'll be. I, I guess I didn't. It, uh, it's not the in the. It's before the press. It's um, apparently you let them sit a little while till the, the, the olive oil gets ready to come out. Um, and so it's sitting over there. It's not, you're getting ready, waiting till it reaches, I guess if you're a farmer, you know how long it's got to sit there. Right. And you decide, well, I'm going to move the snack a little bit. So you grab one olive, no problem, don't worry about tithing. But if you got 10, you, then you got to worry about tithing. And the finished product's actually the oil. It's the oil, yeah, yeah. So it's, it hasn't reached Gemar Malacha. Gotcha. But when you grab 10 olives and bring them in the house for lunch, mm-hmm. that's already become a finished product. When you grab one product, olive, that's not a finished product. So, so, no um, fun of a surchai. Reb Lozer Omar Minamatan Tohar Chayv. He says it depends. Uh, he has another factor. He wants to know, is the olive press being done in purity? So if it's done in purity, then it's chayim. Minamat and tamay, but if it's not a pure olive press, then it's pater. Why? Now, normally, what you take out might become tamay. You can't put it back. Uh, but if there's no fear of putting it back, then he says, uh, we have a rule that it doesn't, kviyas doesn't start when some of it goes back. That, that's, again, an exception to the rule that the, when Meiser kicks in, when you hit Keva, this, uh, this opinion states that whenever some of it goes back, it won't be Keva. So that's really our question over here. Since you're not going to take the whole thing, some of it's going to go back, how does it reach Keva, according well, to this opinion? Does that make sense that they would process like that, not be in Tahor? Um, and then they would be able to make it Tahor after the fact? Well, I guess uh, the, they would prefer it being tar, but occasionally you have to process, uh, it becomes tame, and it's, it's only usable for the, the general market wasn't necessarily impurity. That was like just for, that's a specialty, that's uh, like a higher degree. So, um, so then the Gemara says, uh, so that's the question right now uh, over here. Why is it that we said that in our case, where you uh, take from the uh, storehouse, that it's eligible, that it's required to tithe, if potentially you're going to send some of it back and not take everything, uh, we have this rule that then it doesn't reach this Meister stage. And we said it did. That's the question. Um, and so, but we're right in the middle of this case of the, of the olives in the press. What's the difference between the two cases? The first case was... I'm sorry, I think I skipped a Take word. Sefer. Yeah, I should have read from the Sefer. Let's go back to uh, Rebbe Lazar Omar. Let's start from that, five lines from the top. Rebbe Lazar Omar, Minamat and Tar. If the, uh, the olive pile was a Torah olive pile and you took the olives out of that and none of them are going back, so then Chayef, then you're... Uh, yeah, that's, you're for, that's for the example of 10? Just uh, one. Is he being more strict on... Uh, he's being more strict. He's saying that... Um, if you just take one out, then you're still hiding. Yeah. Um, 
That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Who is that before him? That's just the parasite? Well, the, the previous view said it depends on how many you take. Well, this one says it depends on whether it goes back. You're asking, are they exclusive or not? How does he agree with it? So I don't know at this moment whether he agrees or not. But footnote here, and it refers to the one that he takes out as not one, but um, but if when he takes the olives plural out of mm -hmm. the bag, I see. Implies that it's going to be more. Than it's going to be more than that. So even when he takes the ten, we said before, if you take ten, you're chayav. Oh, okay, that makes sense. In other words. He, we said before, he, he's coming to add another thing to the, the mix. That The previous view was once you take a whole lot out, then you've got to tithe it. But his view is that if you're, not gonna, if you're going to put some back, it doesn't matter if you took a lot. Oh, I see. Okay. So he's adding, well, it depends whether it's... And then, and then if, it's, if it's tame, you can put it back. Right. Correct. Oh, I see. That's another, just a qualification. That's like another another thing that would. We're looking where the the obligation won't kick in. Okay. So Reb Lazar said, "Menamatan If the the olive pile was tahar, which means it ain't going back, so then the tennis chayv. Menamatan But if it's tamei pater, neishu makser samoser, because it'll go back. The Hawaiian boy, and we had the question: Why are there two different cases? Meishna reisha, meishna seifa. What's the difference in the two cases? The first case was the pile with Tahar and the guy that took them with Tame. The low Matzi can't put him back. Seifa, the second case, the pile was Tame and the person was Tame, the Matzi Mahadile. And he could put it back, and since he could put it back, it shouldn't kick in. And what's the case of our Mishnah, that the storehouse was Tahar, the low Matzi Mahadile? So our question was uh, that he's not going to take all of the fruit in the, uh, in the attic or in the storehouse. So why would you be obligated to tithe? He's going to put it back. The answer is, he's tame. He's not going to put it back. <laughs> so that, that, that answered our question. Our question was, isn't he not going to take everything? And so then it shouldn't kick in. The answer is, whatever he takes isn't going back. Okay. But the more has a different question. He didn't even take it yet. It's like already back. <laughs> because he just said, I'm going to take from here tomorrow. So it shouldn't get an obligation yet. So we don't like that answer. So, We're going in Rebbe Loza's opinion. He says that if you tithe something, if you take the first of the tithes, which is truma, then you're gonna, it's already, it's not gonna be undone. You're gonna have to tithe everything. And certainly if it becomes Shabbos, the Tanan. Perish at Nigmar Lachtan, if you jump the gun and give Truma, even before the fruits are finished, or Lazar, Asa you can't eat them anymore because once you start the tithing process, you gotta keep on going. They say no, if it didn't have a Gemar Malacha, you're not obligated. So the bottom line is, uh, we're not sure in the end what. What is going to be the halacha? What makes it keva? So Tashma Misefa. Let's prove it from the second case. The Chachamim Omrim, the Chachamim say. One second. Um, yeah, the Chachamim say Achiyirshim, unless he actually has to, it's not enough to declare what he's going to take. He has to mark it and say, Mikan Vadkan, I'm going to take the fruits from here to here. 
Taima, and the reason is the Erev Shabbos, it's on Friday, and it's a sabbatical year. The law of Barasiri, he doesn't have to tithe it. Ha Bashar but in the rest of the, if it wasn't a sabbatical year, the other six out of seven years, the Bnei Asiri Ninu, that you would be obligated to tithe, in this case, that would be enough. My timer, what's the reason? La Mishum de Shabbos Kava. So you see over here that since you're using it for Shabbos, that alone will do the trick. The Morris says, no. Shani Hassan, this doesn't prove anything. Since you already declared what you're going to take, that's what makes it set. It could be, um, it's not Shabbos that makes it set. It's the fact that you have made it clear what you're going to take. And you've made it clear that this isn't going to be processed anymore. So then the Morris says, Shabbos. Then why do we have to have a case of Friday? Even during the week, if you make it clear that there's no further processing going on, uh, then it should be, um, uh, then it, it should be, uh, that should be enough to have you tithe. So the Gemara said, I'll tell you why we picked the case of Shabbos. That we said earlier. It's coming to tell you that even things that need tithing are not considered muksa, are ready for Shabbos use. And now, how are they ready for Shabbos use? They're not tithed. If somebody went ahead and tithed it, that would work. For Raminhu, the more wants to ask the question. Let's say you're eating a grape. You got yourself a cluster of grapes and you're popping them in your mouth. And so when you were in the garden, you didn't have to tithe. And then you're eating this cluster of grapes and you walk into the courtyard. Rev Lazar says, once you started eating them and they weren't tithable, you can finish them. Rabbi Yeshua says, Lo Yigmar, you better not eat them. Chashka uh, Balal Shabbos. What happens? You're eating them Friday afternoon and the sun goes down. So Reb Lazar said, well, when you started, you didn't have to tithe. Finish them. Reb Yeshua says, uh, no, lo yigmor. You shouldn't finish them. Because since it became a Shabbos treat, and Shabbos is, makes it chashuv, so then it gets a kvias. So this is like a new question, really, uh, where something is started off in a state of not keva, and then it moves, either he changes from the garden into the house or the yard, or he changes from the weekday into Shabbos. Does that change the, uh, does that kick, does that put the Meiser obligation into it or not? Rabbi Yeshua is saying that it was fine before the change. Right. Okay. It's just once you make the change, you got to stop. Okay, got it. So the Morris says, uh, Over there, it explains the reasoning. He doesn't mean that you finish it where you are. He says you now go out and finish it. And he doesn't mean that on Shabbos you're allowed to eat it. He just says you can then go back into the place where you are allowed to finish. He says all of these kickers, all of these things will not put you into territory where you have to tithe unless the food is fully finished. Um, and, That's uh, what I would have thought. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not, why, was he twi- why was he saying that? That, didn't, that, that, that was another opinion. There are two opinions, right? Oh, oh uh, he never had that opinion. He never had that opinion, oh, right. Oh, so I this I, is Rebbe Lazar, yeah. So... Um, Who's he coming to exclude? Lafuke, he's coming to exclude the following views. So 
again, our, our discussion has really been on this halakha of what's called keva, where the fruits reach the stage where you have to tithe them. And we've just been learning all these different factors that may, may affect whether the, the obligation to tithe kicks in. So the latest thing we said was that at the end of the day, none of these things will kick in unless the food is finished. And he's excluding the father. First of all, he's going against Hillel. The Tanya, let's say a person is moving the fruits from one place to another uh, to, um, at the uh, harvest season. And it becomes Shabbos. Um, so, Omar Rabbi Yehuda, Hillel Atzma Oser. Hillel says that um, Hillel was, uh, all the other opinions say that since they weren't fully processed, you don't have to tithe. But Hillel was like, in this case, he was against all the other rabbis. They all said that you, um, uh, uh, you do have to tithe. He said, you don't. I'm sorry. They all said, um, they all said you don't, and he said you do. Yeah, he's the one strict. In this case, Hillel was strict. Um, so uh, that when he st- so let's just pause for a second. So Rebbe Eliezer, who just said that you only have to tithe, you have Gemara Malacha, was excluding Hillel because Hillel said that as long as there were others, uh, um, he's the only one who said that if there's other steps to go, you have to tithe. Everybody else was lenient. And so that's one rabbi he disagreed with. The other rabbi was Chatzar, as we turn the page, of Fukin Rabbi Yaakov. He's, he's disagreeing with Rabbi Yaakov. The Tanana Mavertaini Mechatzar, Lixus Banu Bnei Beisa, Ochemahem Arai, Upatim and Amaiser. That if you bring fruits into your courtyard so that they, uh, they can dry, your family can eat from the, those fruits and they don't have to tithe. Why? Because you, they're not finished yet. Rabbi Yaakov said, no, but since you brought him into the, into the house, so to speak, you're chayiv. Uh, so we're saying now that, no, you're not chayiv. So uh, this opinion is, is um, so again, uh, we quoted an opinion that said, if the fruits are finished, gmar malacha, then they're keva. Nothing else makes keva. So first he's excluding Hillel. Hillel said, uh, no, for one person, if he decides that they're useful to him, they do reach Kevin. So he's disagreeing with Hillel. And now he's disagreeing with Reb Yaakov. Reb Yaakov said, if you bring him into your family yard, that's Keva. So he says, no, it didn't have Gemar Malacha. So he disagrees with that. Rabbi Eliezer? Yeah. And then he disagrees, Lafuki mid Reb Eliezer. Who is the one who just said this? This is Reb Eliezer. Oh, so they're two different ones. Yeah, they're two different ones. And he disagrees with Rebbe Eliezer Tanan about place. Uh, and Rebbe Lozer says... Um, He's the only one that, that goes against uh, Barakala, uh, Malachar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just this one thing. He's yeah. trying to go against everybody. Yeah. Truma. What's Truma? Lafuki and Rebbe Lozer. Rebbe Lezer said that if you, uh, if you started to tie that, then you're going to have to finish if you took fruits, that you took truma, before they were finished, you can't eat the rest of them without tithing all the tithes. So again, this Rebbe Lazar was going against that. So when Rebbe Lazar said, Gemar Malach is everything, he was arguing with three different rabbis, and now he argues with the fourth one. Mechach, uh, if they're sold, I'm 
if you buy fruits from a, an ignoramus where most of the people are, 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 are stomping on them, are, are uh, squeezing them, you're allowed to eat from them uh, temporarily without tithing. Um, and if you uh, buy them from the market, also you can uh, you, you tithe them in that state. So Shmami, now you see from here a few things. Shmami now mechak enukavas, that if you buy it, it only becomes uh, obligated to tithe. If it's fully finished, and since it wasn't squashed yet, it wasn't dorsan, you don't have to. Vishmamina, and you see from here, Roy Vamar, it's mother, most of them did take tithe. Vishmamina, Maisin Demai, Amorats, that you do have to tithe for the Amorats. If you Dabashal Nigmorlakto, even if it hadn't yet hit that stage. So there's a number of Allahs over there. But the bottom line is there was a view that if it's bought and sold, you have to tithe. And we're excluding that view that says even though it's bought and sold, uh it, if it, it has it, if you if if you bought it and it hasn't been finished, you don't have to tithe. So again, this view was was uh, uh, was arguing on all these other uh, opinions, and there's another one final opinion. He's arguing on a fifth rabbi. Let's say you make a trade, you barter fruits with your friends. You, you know, you, I'll, I want this kind, you want that kind. I want to dry the fruits, and you want to dry the fruits. What happens if you 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 want the fruits to eat, and he wants them to dry? So in that case. Um, because uh, since some of the fruits are being used to be eaten right away, you're chayev. Rehuda Omar lechol chayev. He says if they're being bought to eat, then it has a gemar malacha lixos. But if uh, you exchange them with somebody that's going to let them dry, uh, then it's pater uh, because. Um, so it's the owner's end use. It's the owner's end use. Yeah. So he's a, he's disagreeing with that. He's saying it's got to be a. Uh, uh, the, the world's end use, the Gemara Malacha. So, Hadrallah maybe. Okay, we will stop here. And again, uh, we'll, we'll finish the parak here. We're going to start the next parak. But again, we just had a huge discussion about the laws of Keva for Meiser, that uh, you might not ever run into that again. But again, that, uh, the idea that you can eat. Hadrallah. right? We'll come back to it. Uh, very good. Uh, that uh, uh, the question is. The Torah says that when it's awry, when it's temporary, when it's not yet fully processed, you're allowed to eat without tithing. When does the keva for tithing kick in? When is it no longer awry, temporary? So a good definition was gemar malacha, when it's fully processed. But we had other definitions, and uh, the question was... uh, whether those other definitions also finalized it. And does it go by the seller? Does it go by the place? Does it go by the time? <laughs> those are all the, all the questions that may or may not affect it. And we saw multiple opinions. Okay, new mission. So, so there's, so there's it's, 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 I guess it takes, there's, there's finishing in terms of doing the, you know, taking what you need to take in terms of truma, And then there's finishing in terms of the product. There's right. two kinds of finishing. So sometimes you have to like, Right. Uh, right, and also you have to look at it. You might be finished because you want to eat it now, but if the world considers this a raw product, uh-huh. uh, does it go by you? Does it go by well? I brought it into the house already. Uh, does it go by where you bring it into? Does it go by um, those, those? A lot of things. Uh, ask a question about uh, the word hamav here at the top of the page. Uh huh. So isn't that like you transport? Uh, okay. Okay. I was thinking. Um, 
There is a word maver of fire. Yeah, no, that's just transport over here. Okay, new Mishnah. Um, this Mishnah, the next more is, at least the next paragraph is relatively easy. There's a word here, and nobody knows what the first word was. This was transmitted orally, and I don't know if the person who said it said it under his breath, but um, nobody's uh, real sure about this first word. And we're going to see uh, four different versions of the first word. So uh, our version, I will just say, because that's what's written here, they says... Yeah, they named the parak this word, uh, but there's four different versions. So our version is Mashilin Peres Derek Aruba um, over here, the question is, um, you're drying stuff on your roof, and unexpectedly you get a rain. And in Eretz Israel, it's very predictable, the rainy season. And somehow, in the middle of the dry season, you had all your fruits up there, and you're enjoying your Shabbos meal, and all of a sudden, someone says, it's rainy. So the question is, and you're going to lose everything up top because it's going to get all wet and go bad, can you bring it in the house? So here, the question is, Avoiding something that has tircha in it, that has a lot of effort. Normally, you can't do harsh labor, uh, even though it's not malacha, something that's a big job on Shabbos. So over here, they were lenient, so you shouldn't have a loss. They allowed you to lower your fruits into the house, derech haruba, through the skylight on Yatif. Avalobu Shabbos, but not on Shabbos. That's the, the halacha. Let's see Rashi. A person has wheat or barley uh, laying on his roof to dry. And he sees the rain is coming. Uh oh. The rabbis permitted him to go to the trouble to throw the fruits through the skylight. They hate no from the arts and they fall down the ground. The lakatirka you say, it's not such a big job. But dafka ruva, it's got to be the the hole in the roof, the skylight. The kola ruva malamatahi. The word aruba is like a hole from the in the roof that goes from above to below. But tikrasagak abu chalon. But if he's got to bring it through a window, kigon gag shemuka mechitzas. Let's say the roof has a wall around it and you've got to put it through a window. You've got to pick the fruits up until the window and then throw them down. That's already you're not allowed to do. In other words, just to, to you know, kick them or push them through the hole, that's one thing. But to pick them up and put them through a window, that they didn't permit. Okay, that's halacha number one. Halacha number two. Now, what about if you want to do method B? You want to cover your fruits uh, to keep them from getting wet. So that you could do. In front of the downpour, if you want to go outside and you want to cover your fruits, okay. Became kadiyam kadishem, and also if you have barrels of things you want to cover. But no and kli takas the dlaf. Now n- another question: What about if you need the um, uh, the water is going to drip in your house and make a mess? So can you put a bucket to catch it? So that also you're allowed to do. But no and kli takas the dlaf So again, these are all halachas of what to do, uh, what you're allowed to do. Let's see the Gemara. It Chad Tani Mashilin. One view is the word is Mashilin. The word Mashilin, we're assuming, means like to lower down. But there is another opinion that says the Chad Tani Mashkilin has the word Mashkilin. So Amar Mandatani Mashilin. If you learn Mashilin, it's not wrong. Mandatani Mashkilin also Lomashtabish. It's not wrong. Either word will work. Why? Mandatani Mashilin Lomashtabish. If you want to learn the word mashilin, means to lower down, 
That's a word in the Torah that you're always fall down. Uman the Tal Mashkila, and the word Mashkila also is not a mistake. It's not. One of the blemishes is Hashachal, where a person has like a fallen bone, a fallen uh, leg. It means his thigh has fallen. That's where one limb is bigger than the other. But the bottom line is the word mashilin means to lower down, like the olives come down. And the word mashkilin, where that in that in the case of the blemish, means where one of the, the bones was lowered down. So you see either word would work. Some people have the view mashirin. <laughs> That's not a mistake. Uman uh, Tani, some people have the view mashchirin. That's also lomishtamish. Uman Tani mashchirin, the word minashin lomishtamish, mashchirin lomishtamish, how do we know? Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Nazar lo yikaf, Rosho. If you're a Nazar, not allowed to cut your hair, you're not allowed to use, um, you're not allowed to um, uh, 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 shampoo your hair with like uh, hard things that'll pull out hair. That's uh, the nazar. He has to be careful. Lo yikof roshi. He shouldn't shampoo his hair. Um, did I skip? Ba'adama, with earth. Mivnei shamasher esesir. Because it's going to take out some hair. So uh, you see the word masher means to take out. So if you have in the word that you take out the fruit, that also is okay because it means you, you get them off the roof. It's raining. Here it means like a scissors, a half scissors. It means that it broke off like it went down. So that word also works. And if you have the word, that's the fifth word. If your clothing got wet, you're allowed to wear them on Shabbos, even though you're going to be squeezing as you walk. Uh, or, if you want, so you see from there, the word menashu means like the water drips down. Or, what is leket, what's left down, what's left out from the harvest. So, the bottom line is, uh, there's five different views about the exact spelling of the word that's used here in the Mishnah, and uh, none of them really bother us. Uh, they all can be justified, meaning they all can fit the simple understanding of the text, that somehow you're getting the fruits through that hole. Okay, fine. It's an interesting side thing. Tanan, uh, now we get back to the Mishnah. We said you're allowed to dump your fruits, clean off your roof uh, uh, through the hole. How much? I mean, can you do the whole, uh, the, the, the whole attic, the whole, the whole roof? So Amr of Zera, Amr. you don't do is going to get ruined, right? That's the basis for being able to do it? Uh, either, either it'll get ruined, or maybe there's different types of fruits up there. Oh, uh, but uh, it'd probably get ruined, but uh, can you work the whole day and the whole night? Like, how much can you do? So now the Gemara is going to give a limitation. Amr 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 It's similar to the rules of a, uh, if you're, uh, the, the question is, um, it's kind of interesting. Usually, you're you're not minat Torah. You're not allowed to do malacha on Shabbos. The rabbis also forbid doing tircha. Tircha is what we call work. <laughs> this what confuses all the. There, there's so many Jews that became reformed because they said, uh, "Oh, it's so it's it's easy to turn on a fire today. So what's the problem?" Because they didn't know. That doesn't say it's not about tircha. It's not about exhausting oneself. It's about creating. Created malacha. No one taught him that malacha is creative labor. 
Um, but the rabbis forbid tircha also. Uh, so, in other words, even if it's not creative labor, it's just schlepping. You're not supposed to do heavy labor on Shabbos. So the question here is that that way they permitted putting things down the hole. Do you mean they could do it all day long? I mean, at some point, wouldn't it be tircha? So it says over there that if a person wants to clear out a barn, that you're allowed to clear four or five bales of straw or of uh, tua, of wheat, to create space for the guests, put them up in the barn. Or if you want to have a class there. So here also, that's the standard amount that's allowed on Shabbos, four or five bales. That's what Gemara wants to say. Gemara says, but how do you know? That maybe they allowed it over there because they needed space for a study. And you know, everybody knows you got the dafs got to go on. But over here, where it's not Bittel Beis Medrash, how do you know they allow you to do four or five bales? Or Inami Hasam Shari Mishum Shabbos Maybe over there it's because it has to do with Shabbos, and everybody knows on Shabbos you're really not supposed to do labor. You won't come to make light of Shabbos. They know this is an emergency. But in Yantaf, that some people do, they're used to cooking on Yantaf and doing work. They'll come to be Mizalzo. Uh, there, there, uh, there are some people on Yantaf that like to make barbecues. That's a lot of work. <laughs> the Schwitz on a bar, you got to really love it, but you, the Schwitz on a barbecue, they invite over tons of guests. The guy's working for three hours sitting on a hot, hot barbecue. So uh, you could come to be Mazalzu and Yantif. You don't feel like it's Yantif anymore. Then you got to take a shower. Then you got to, you know, you're, you sat over a hot stove for a whole, uh, they, 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 um, some, they have large people that do it for a whole shul. The person who's sitting there cooking for hours and hours, it doesn't feel like Yantif for him. Uh, so maybe on Yantuf they they limited it. Klalo or Inami or another view. The Idaki said the other way. Hasam hainet time the lechad hafsid mamon over there by Shabbos about where you were clearing away space in your barn. You're not going to lose money. Avohacha, but over here dika hafsid mamon afilu tuva nami. So the bottom line is uh, we want to know that that which we said you could save produce because of the rain uh, that'll get ruined. What's the limit? So it, we have another case where you're allowed to move produce, uh, bales that are in a barn, but we can't bring a proof because it could be we were lenient over there uh, to the four or five, uh, uh, or it could be we were strict over there. We're not sure. In other words, it could be we could be more lenient here because of loss of money, or it could be we were more lenient there because you needed space for the class. So the bottom line is we still don't know is there a limitation to our Mishnah on the amount. Okay, have a good